0: This is Like Effect on 89.7 WUWM. I'm Audrey Nowakowski. It's time now for our monthly segment on entrepreneurship.
1: Hi, I'm Kathleen Gallagher, a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist and the executive director of Five Lakes Institute. And this is How Did You Do That? a show about successful entrepreneurs and how and why they succeeded.
2: It takes people from different worlds, but are all motivated by the same thing. And that's creating a positive difference in the world through science discoveries and technologies.
1: Chris Salm grew up on a dairy farm, got a PhD in animal and food science, and worked as an executive at several large food companies. Then at age 50, he took an entrepreneurial leap of faith and co-founded Salm Partners, a Wisconsin company that now makes about 20% of the nation's pre-cooked sausages and hot dogs. Eleven years later, Chris turned management of the sausage maker over to a successor and co-founded Madison-based Abbey Discovery. The company has had sales in other areas, but recently had its first sales on a product that has potential to eliminate the need to give antibiotics to animals, and maybe someday humans. Chris...
2: Welcome to How Did You Do That? Thanks, Kathleen. Glad to be here. Hey,
1: you got interested in science while growing up with your 11 siblings on a dairy farm near Green Bay. And that interest continued through your university experiences at UW-Green Bay, UW-Madison, and Purdue. But how did you get interested in business?
2: Well, the family dairy farm was a business. And uh, as we were preparing to file our taxes every year, my mother would organize all of the farm income and expenses, and I would help her to do that. And so I became exposed to the farm P&L, so to speak, at an early age. And we all, as as a, a family of, of 12 kids, we did things manually, and everyone chipped in.
1: You're proving, like they say, that farmers are the most uh, entrepreneurial people around, right?
2: Well, We have to be because uh, you don't run to the store every time you need something.
1: Yeah, right. You went on after out of college, you got a lot of different jobs, including a credit officer. But one of the things that really interested me when you were at Oscar Meyer, you developed the first prototypes for Lunchables, the little lunch kits. Um, And at first, it wasn't apparent there'd be a market for them, right?
2: That is correct. In fact, Making the prototypes wasn't the reason that Lunchables became a success. Uh, It was the belief and enthusiasm for the concept that Bob Drain and Bob Tukas, Bob Drain was head of marketing research and Bob Tukas was head of marketing for new innovations, had for the concept. And uh, my part simply was making prototypes so they could envision what their dreams would be all about. Uh, The very first focus group that Bob Drain organized was in Chicago. A dozen housewives that were responsible for purchasing the foods for the family. And every single one didn't really see that it would be a benefit to them. Uh, They didn't know that they would need it because eventually their kids would demand it.
1: Isn't that how the world works, huh?
2: (laughs) It is. And it was really, um, all the credit really goes to Bob Drain and Bob Tukas for seeing that vision, and then building on the concepts.
1: You worked at a lot of food companies. You were at Johnsonville. You were at ConAgra. Um, You ended up really wanting to run your own show. And from ConAgra, you used a severance payment that you got, and you started Psalm Partners at age 50. What drove you to that decision? You obviously could have worked at other big companies.
2: Well, I'm going to take you back to our large family dairy farm with an emphasis on large family and small dairy farm. And uh, as we grew up, you know, I I often thought, gosh, we are really a pretty smart group of people and we're hardworking. And as, as we went through high school and then out into the work world or through high school and college and then out into the work world, we always went and worked for other people. And I thought, why don't we pool our talents, our gifts and talents, and do something together that uh, would create a business? And at age 50, I had the financial wherewithal to establish my own business. And so I got together with three of my brothers, and um, they agreed to jump into the adventure with me. And, and, uh, and so the stimulus was really growing up as a family of hardworking and, and really smart kids.
1: You know, it might raise some eyebrows that you went from making sausages to commercializing high-tech university research, but you'd say there's a lot of technology in sausage making, right? The way you do it.
2: Oh, there is. Um, When I had the opportunity to leave ConAgra with a severance package, I looked at the world of sausage and I knew the number one consumer complaint, casing toughness. And I looked at the world of suppliers, and I knew the technologies that had been developed and not implemented in the U.S. marketplace. I had seen the technology in operation in a plant in Europe at one point in the mid-1980s, and so I used my process engineering knowledge and experience, my uh, chemistry knowledge and experience for sausage making, and and used my marketplace knowledge and experience and designed a production process that relied on some fantastic suppliers and their technologies. We eliminated that complaint.
1: Now let's be clear, you make sausages for, you don't have your own brand. You make it for a lot of big brands. Hillshire, I think was the first brand you got as a customer. Why do they stay with you? You're very focused on your customers. Can you just talk about what keeps them there?
2: Well, number one is is they trust us. Um, we have a fundamental plank that simply says all of the benefits of what we do go to our brand marketing customers in the context of a well-managed financial enterprise. And we define that in terms of a return on investment. And our customers understand the investment and they understand the, the costs associated with manufacturing product. And so we we manufacture products for them very efficiently in a high quality manner in a dependable, trustworthy financial arrangement. And I think our our customers appreciate not only the quality of what they get, but also the quality of the interaction. It's a relationship world and the relationships are based on respect and trust.
1: So everyone else stuck with you, you've had all this success, but yet in 2015, 11 years after starting the company, you gave your job to a successor and you decided to do something else, why?
2: Um, I wasn't going to be the best at running an operating company. I was important for launching the company, launching the technology and getting it established. But um, my enthusiasm for life wasn't going to be driven by the day-to-day manufacturing. And we had some really wonderful people. So I established a structure with a board of directors and I was a member of the board, but had really others doing all of the work that was necessary for that operating business and that that freed me up to use my gifts and talents and knowledge and experience to serve research scientists in the university research setting
1: you connected with mark cook the well known uw madison ag researcher and all-around great guy to found abby discovery Um, unfortunately mark passed away in 2017 we all miss him greatly Uh, but you've honored his legacy. Recently, Abby started earning revenue from one of Mark's last inventions. Tell us about that.
2: Well, Mark, um, yes, we do. (laughs) Uh, I I get a bit emotional just thinking about Mark, Uh, but Mark was a phenomenal uh, visionary, um, and his greatest asset was his ability to focus on serving others. And he was a great um, scientist, intellectual person as well. Mark had a couple of technologies that were attempted to be implemented, and those companies failed. And and he and I had developed a relationship around the uh, establishment of the mission and the funding for building the new uh, Meat Animal Biologics Discovery Building at UW-Madison. And Mark one day just said, "Hey Chris, I've I've got this technology around uh, the potential to eliminate antibiotics in in raising animals. Would you be interested in being the CEO to launch this business?" And I had, I had just turned the business over, Solm Partners business over to our our management team, and um, and was available. And I said, "Sure." I will be your launch CEO. And so along with his postdoc graduate student that was part of the Discovery, Jordan Sand, uh, Jordan, Mark and I started Abbey Discovery to commercialize a naturally developed antibody to interleukin-10 for the preservation of health during the growth of food animals. And that was six years ago this month that we established the business. And we established the business four years after Mark and Jordan actually discovered the interesting phenomenon.
1: The upshot of it is that basically you can put this in chicken feed and they don't have to take antibiotics, right?
2: That is correct, because you allow the immune system to perform its function to control health. So now we are 10 years after the invention and we're finally, this year, Going to experience revenue from that technology. 10 years.
1: That's called sticking to it, but it looks like you're on, on the right path. Just one more question. You know, you've worked with all these university labs to commercialize technologies. What's your takeaway? What's the best way to get stuff out of university labs into the marketplace?
2: Well, I think first of all, you have to develop a relationship with the scientist and and the the people that are developing the relationship with scientists aren't necessarily scientists, but able to understand the way that scientists work. They have a forte for industrial applications. Um, Innovation depends on creation, discovery, invention, which comes a lot from university labs, but oftentimes it sits there because you don't have an industry partner that can take that through the 10-year process and stick with it to overcome all of the challenges associated with commercializing entrepreneurial science. And, and so it, it takes people from different worlds, but are all motivated by the same thing. And that's creating a positive difference in the world through science discoveries and technologies.
1: Well, we certainly appreciate the positive difference you're creating in the world and are looking forward to seeing future successes coming out of your entrepreneurial endeavors. Thank you so much, Chris.
2: All right, Kathleen. Pleasure to be here. Thanks.
1: You can read more about this story and find links to resources by visiting wuwm.com. You can also explore episodes of How Did You Do That at wuwm.com, at the iTunes Store, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: How Did You Do That wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for being with us. I'm Audrey Nowakowski. If you've missed any of the conversations today on Lake Effect, you can find all of our content as a podcast. Just search for Lake Effect in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to hear some of our favorite interviews from the week, look for Lake Effect Spotlight. Tomorrow on Lake Effect, Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes will join us to answer your questions in our Ask the Lieutenant Governor series. We'll hear some of the latest Listen NKE, which addresses racism against Asian Americans and their reaction to the Atlanta spa shootings. Plus, we'll wrap up the month with what's new in local music with the Milwaukee Music Roundup. That's tomorrow at 10 on Lake Effect, right here on listener-supported 89.7 WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR.